This is episode 76 of the Reading Cove Book Club's podcast. We're always looking for great new members, so if you're a book lover who may be interested in joining an online book club, please visit our website at thereadingcove.com to learn more about the group. For March 2017, we're discussing Mrs. Sinclair's Suitcase by Louise Walters. So hi, I'm Millennia in Florida. And I'm Roberta in Georgia. And Roberta and I are two members of the Reading Cove Book Club here to chat about Mrs. Sinclair's Suitcase by Louise Walters, which is our book club's 196th pick. And it was chosen by Cove member Miriam, who lives in Texas. Okay, I think I want to start off with this one talking about the opening letter because it opens with a letter that was pretty compelling, I thought, when I first was reading it. The letter really set the tone and made you expect something really sinister had happened, right? Because he's saying that, you know, your soul won't recover from doing this to this baby and to the baby's mother. And it really gave the sense that there was going to be that Dorothy had done something horrible. Yes. And that ended up being very anticlimactic to me. Yeah. Didn't really follow through with that. I didn't get it. It was like, okay, why did he have that reaction? Why did Jan react that way? Nina didn't want the baby. Yeah, I think, well, I think maybe he didn't understand. I said, I, I like the book, you know, I gave it a B overall, but it probably would have been higher. But yeah, I mean, that wasn't the consistent tone. He had a really over-the-top reaction, of he course. He had a really over-the-top reaction, and okay, yes, he's at war. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. it still doesn't, I just feel like it was misleading. That's what I think. It, it's like but, Dorothy was not a bad person. No. She was, she was, I didn't find her or I didn't find either one of them all that sympathetic. I never really found myself warming to Roberta or to Dorothy, even though there were all these, you know, different things going on and happening to them. For some reason, I just, I just never connected with either one. Well, you know, it, even in both of their, their uh, musings about themselves, they both seemed like they were, didn't feel like they really needed anybody. They're pretty self-sufficient to the point of other people saw them as being sort of aloof or, or a little bit cold, right. you know, both of them. And especially Dorothy, of course, uh, Dorothy lived with these uh, all these other people that, you know, the main part of their lives, even though it was getting to be tough and everything, but the main part of their lives was gossip and worrying about everything. But that's sort of typical, more, not anymore, but, you know, in the older days in the smaller towns that everybody was into everybody's business, you know, it was it was amazing you could keep any kind of secrets because people couldn't get away with much because there was all these these busy bodies so yeah both of them it was hard to feel the warm fuzzies for them because they were you know a little bit aloof they weren't really uh emotional or, or yeah i just felt like for someone like take dorothy who you know this is a dual narrative anybody listen to listening to this should have read this so um but it's a dual narrative, and you have Dorothy back in the World War II era and Roberta in the present day. But, like, let's look at Dorothy. If she felt so bad and she was so unhappy that she would run out to try to kill herself in this plane crash and make everybody think she was trying to save the pilot, right? Right. But she was really just in despair and wanting to die. Right. And you should be really, your heart should be bleeding for her, right? Right. And I just never felt that way about her. You know, it was like, I just never sympathized with her at all. And then when the whole baby thing happens, right? 
these two right. girls come and live with her and they're working nearby because she lives on a, an estate, right? Yes. Estate farmer. Her husband abandons her, goes off to the military because she, again, she's having miscarriage after miscarriage. She gets pregnant this last time, brings the baby to term, baby dies. Baby's right. born dead or whatever. And you're supposed, I mean, all these horrible things are happening to this woman. You should be sympathetic. I never felt anything. Well, I just felt bad at him because, yeah, things have been tough, but it was pretty cold of him just to, you know, take off and leave. Of course, leave her like that. Yeah. And you, you'd think that would make her sympathetic, wanting to be a mother and it's just not happening and feeling really isolated there. Everybody's snickering. And then her husband abandons her. Right. Then these two girls come, Aggie, Aggie and yeah. Nina, and then... Nina is pregnant and doesn't know it, which that was a bit of a stretch to me. I know it's a not unheard of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you hear that sometimes, yeah. You hear about it sometimes, but I mean, and they, you know, she was bigger bodied person, so she right. wasn't skinny mini, but for her like, to be almost, you know, like what, eight months pregnant, nine months pregnant and not right. have a clue. So and she's nineteen years old too. She's not Yeah, she's not like fifteen or something. <laughs> so anyway, but okay, even if I suspend disbelief and swallow that, all right, she didn't know because it seems she didn't know. I kept waiting to for the shoe to drop to find out that she did know and she was just she just chose not to say anything. Right. But it looks as though no, she really did not know she was pregnant. She was very surprised. So Dorothy helps her deliver the baby. Nina says she doesn't want the baby. Dorothy agrees to raise the baby as her own. What's wrong with that? I mean, granted, she's not married. You know, her husband's gone off. Well, she is married, but her husband's gone off. What was Jan's issue? And then later when he changes his mind, right, after the war ends and he reconsiders and then he goes and tries to find her. It was like, well, why did you have that ridiculous reaction? It just it just seemed it didn't make any sense at all. Well, like I said, I think she used it probably probably mainly as a plot device. But yeah, but it it wasn't. It fell flat because I, I was just like, well, she didn't do anything wrong. And then when, um, what was the name of the midwife? Mrs. Compton. Mrs. Compton. When Mrs. Compton shows up, Dorothy just so happens to have left the baby there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this whole thing is made up about, like, her being discovered. Mrs. Compton sees the baby. And I'm like, um, she could have said that was somebody's baby. I mean, she could have made up any story. (laughs) About whose baby it was. You know what I mean? The woman wasn't going to be moving in. So that was just another point that seems really stupid to me because it was like, okay, why are you busted just because she sees a a newborn in your house? Yeah, because I think she was afraid, you know, because Nina had made such a big deal about she didn't want anybody to find out because. Yeah, but she could have just said, oh, you know, my long lost cousin just dropped the baby off for me to you know watch for her I mean you know she could have just made up she didn't have to just feel like oh now she knows everything (laughs) so that was stupid to me and the other thing she did that was really stupid to me was to take Jan's name and kill him off when he wasn't really dead why would she do something like that you know he's not dead why are you going to tell people oh you know you were married to him and he's dead and you you and the baby take his name well I guess I I mean the only thing I think is I I thought it was maybe that, you know, she felt like since he'd had such a strong um, opposition to that, that she would go ahead and just pretend like she was a war widow. And then that was a plausible story she could tell her mother. Yeah, but too. find a real dead soldier then. <laughs> but this soldier is quite alive and well. Right. I mean, it, that just, I didn't see the reasoning 
behind her doing that. Well, it was, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't agree with you, but I'm just saying it was a different time, a different place. And people, you know, were more scandalized by things where now, you know, it's, it's no big deal. You know, there's. Oh, but he wasn't dead. So that to me is like illegitimate, you know, to have somebody else's child or an illegitimate child or whatever like that. So (laughs) uh, just tell the mother to, you know, look better if it said it was her child. And then to, you know, her mother could accept since things had kind of gone downhill for her that, you know, he'd been killed off then and all this other stuff. So it just made for a better story to tell yeah, her. Yeah, but what, what if Jan had found her? What if she and her yeah. mother hadn't moved and he had changed his mind and showed up in her life? Well, then it oh, would Oh, he's it not really dead. Yeah, ta-da, here he is. <laughs> She would have had to had some splaining to do to her She mama. was just, that was just dumb. And she seemed like a smarter woman than that to me. I guess that's my point. It, she didn't seem yeah. that naive and stupid that you're going to, you know, say he's dead when he's not and he can show up anywhere. You know right. what I mean? It's like, really? But And then if we jump to um, Roberta's story in the present day when Dorothy's 109, this part just had me, it was like comedy to me. It was so funny some of the things that happened like when you know she was having this affair with the married man and his wife comes and confronts her in the bookshop and she actually stands there you know in front of everybody talking to her about all the details about her affair with her husband I was like really she wouldn't say hey let's go outside and we'll talk no she just stands there and (laughs) holds the conversation in front of everybody (laughs) well some people people like to to make a scene you know but Roberta didn't want a scene yeah. She was humiliated. So oh, I, I, in my mind, it was like she would have been like, okay, ma'am, you know, let's go outside because this is where right. I work. Yeah. But no, she just stands there in front of everybody who's watching and listening. And <laughs> I just okay. I was cracking up. But I said, I think she felt felt guilty. Too. Of course, she finds out later that the wife would have never found out if it, if it wasn't for, for her. what's her name, Jenna. For Jenna, her co-worker, mm-hmm. that, you know, that she she uh, made that all happen. So, yeah, it didn't fit the tone of the book to me. It, it felt unrealistic and comedic. It gave it a different little comic relief. You know, it's, it was different. <laughs> the other thing that made me laugh was when Roberta, she found the letter that Jan wrote. Right. Yeah. And the letter that where he was sorry, you know, he that clued her off to yeah. her grandfather not having died when she and then so she wants to talk to uh, her grandmother about it. But right. she's nervous and she doesn't want to upset her. And the grandmother comes and goes. Right. And then she's like waiting. And I'm like, OK, this woman is 109. Every day she lives is a miracle. And you're talking about Absolutely. waiting to ask her. <laughs> Well, she the grandmother finally did tell her everything in the end. Yeah, but that was know, like way, like way her... after. But when well, she first made that decision not to ask her, and she's like, "Okay, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm gonna wait." I'm like, "Uh, did you forget that she's 109?" <laughs> you know, like I said, it's a miracle. You know, that's a really every day know, she lives is a miracle. A miracle. So I was cracking. Yeah. Up. I cracked up at that part. I was like, "Really? <laughs> You're gonna wait to talk to her about it?" Yeah, you can't be waiting then. You know, it's like the jokes they make about um, people that they get to a certain age and they say, I don't even buy green bananas anymore. Exactly. You, know, you, don't, you, you don't know, know if you're going to be alive when they ripen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So especially to have her be, first of all, it's pushing 
yes, people live that long, but that was kind of pushing, you know, you're asking us to swallow some disbelief there too, that she's still alive at 109 and she even turns 110, right? Right. Yeah. That's her her birthday. Yeah. Right. Before she died. So, okay, fine. I accept that. Fine. Yeah. She's 109. You didn't say she was 120 or something. So (laughs) fine. But then to say, oh, you're going to wait. And she wasn't even going to see her every week. Finally, she decided, you know what? I'm going to go visit once a week. Oh my God. So I found those things kind of funny. Of course, she thought it was going to upset her, but it was a shame she didn't tell her, you know, that her her only you know son had died. That was kind of, you know, she wanted to protect her. But I think they eventually said that pretty much that, uh, you know, Dorothy already knew that he had died. It, she just knew, you know, she had this feeling about it. So but but yeah, Roberta was trying to spare her feelings but really like I said Dorothy was a pretty tough woman and she's certainly been tough enough to live that long so she should have taken advantage of her lucid times and and say well you know let's go ahead and, and talk about this right before it's too late like you said she did end up telling her telling her the you know the whole story which was good and telling her and she knew about you know her son but well i thought the one nice uplifting thing was at least roberta got to know a little bit more about her own mother you know because yeah and that was kind of sad too because when she met her mother her mother was kind of disappointing to me the way you know her attitude and she admitted she'd abandoned her because she just wasn't cut out to be a mother and you know that just wasn't what she she needed to do so but at least they could kind of reconcile and um you know build up a little bit of a relationship as as adults so over time yeah for time so I, that was nice because a lot of people would be really bitter and say well hey she abandoned me i don't need to have anything to do with her so no, but even when they met and then you know she just felt kind of matter of fact like you know it was like oh you know yeah we can meet fine you want to you want to meet me fine you know she just didn't seem like she had she wasn't very loving or well, it was, was like pretty- take it or leave it with her well she was kind of cold and aloof too so you wonder that even though uh, Roberta's father, John, was, you know, a, a really sweet man, mm-hmm. that um, the mother might have p- pushed on some of this aloofness or whatever t- to Roberta. You know, maybe that was part right. of her gen- makeup. She was, Roberta wasn't, you know, old, old, but she wasn't a kid anymore. and. Yeah. and she- pretty much been on her own and even her affair was sort of a half-hearted thing it wasn't like a love affair it was just more of a a convenient thing to have somebody around for the passion or not even the passion the the physical part of it but you didn't have to have any emotional ties so I think both of them were sort of stunted in their emotional developments yeah but that's a good point that she may have inherited that personality trait (laughs) From her mother. One time, you know, years later, that uh, Dorothy saw who she thought was Nina. Nina, with mm-hmm. so and uh, Nina recognized her. Yeah, but they didn't want to say anything because you know, and, and that's the way too. You could see people have moved on with their lives and mm-hmm. you know done things, and so how would it be to say, oh, well, by the way, okay, you know, <laughs> remember that baby grow? I raised for you? When people have a big secret like that and they've made their own family, they sure don't want you know to try to bring things in that's the sad part sometimes too where you see these uh adopted children want to go back and find out um who their real birth parents are and a lot of times it ends up being you know sort of tragic for them because 
the people don't want to be found. So that was sort of sad. But John was a lot better off with Dorothy that even though he, you know, they didn't have a life with um, Jan, like which would have been nicer, but he still was brought up, you know, with a very loving mother and, and you know, had a family that was, you know, accepted him. Even his grandmother, well, who he knew as his grandmother accepted him too, because I don't think he would have fared very well with Nina's family after she told about them. They they certainly weren't loving. No. You know, they were truly dysfunctional. And that's why Nina, it seems, was the type of person who could just give up her baby like that. Because uh, she, she felt like, as she said, even with the nuns, she felt like the baby would be better off than trying to deal with her family with a drunk father and a mother mm-hmm. who was, um, you know, sort of mean and cold herself. So right. she at least she made a, a wise decision. She and, did. I think part I didn't understand is when Dorothy and Miss Compton get to the station, they're trying to get her out of there before two people, many people know. And then Aggie shows, shows up, up. And, and throws a hissy fit. I thought, what's wrong with her? She knows how Nina is. Why would she be so upset about that? It just felt like forced conflict to me to just uh- introduce some kind of you know, obstacle because Mrs. Compton was helping, but did, yeah. is she wanted her to send her money. Do I remember that correctly? Because yeah, it's like so. she was going to have to pay her to keep quiet or something. Yeah, I think so. I think it was almost sort of like blackmail in a way too. I don't know that she was so really concerned about Nina because she knew Nina and she knew Nina wouldn't have been a good mother. Right. Yeah, I think maybe she thought she could get some money out of the deal, which she did get a little bit, but you know. Yeah, because I remember Dorothy was thinking when she gets to her mother's in Oxford or whatever, she was going to have to send money back to Mrs. Compton. Right. Um, And then, yeah, Aggie showing up and, you know, making this big thing of how she's going to tell the police or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it just felt forced. And then, of course, they talk her down quite easily and she goes away. (laughs) And that's the thing. Overall, I like the premise of the story, but like you said, a lot of things just didn't, you know, really connect very well yeah, to me. Yeah, it was <laughs> kind of loose. And then with Roberta and Philip, yeah, that kind of fell flat for me too. With the whole, you know, he was with Jenna, and then he writes this letter, puts it in a book. She finds the letter, and then she refuses to read it because she thinks he's telling her he's telling her he doesn't love her. And yeah. it's like it was so obvious that that wasn't the case. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Like, what reader would be thinking he was telling her he doesn't love her? Obviously, he does love her. Obviously, he wants to be with her. So, yeah, that just kind of was boring to me. But her going with, with um Jenna for the abortion, you know, I felt like that was given too much page time. In the end, it didn't well, seem to really do anything to the overall story. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just an issue with the um, author about, you know, what these women should really do. And then you right. find out that Roberta had had an abortion back when she was in school too. So I don't know if it's just uh, sort of a link or maybe the, the author's feelings about, you know, women's issues and everything. Right. And then it kind of permanently damaged their relationship. Yeah, that was interesting because it was almost as if Jenna was embarrassed about the whole thing. So she started avoiding Roberta. Yeah. Yeah. So any any other thoughts? Well, like I said, it, it had a, a good premise to it. It had a good story. But as you said, I just didn't feel as much sympathy and empathy for the characters as I would have liked to have. 
And I just thought, like I said, I thought other things could have been edited out than other things edited, you know, in. It would have made for a, a better thing. But, you know, it's a debut book and who knows, you know, she might have a different, you know, book in her uh, down the road that would be even better. Oh, was it a debut? I think so. I thought oh. the number reading. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I gave it a C plus because yeah. it wasn't the worst World War II story, but oh. I've read better. Yeah. And it really, I think the narrative, the tone overall for me was kind of flat and dull. Yeah. And even though there were dramatic things happening, like when Albert came home and raped Dorothy and, oh. <laughs> you know, the whole delivering the baby in the barn and, you know, a lot of dramatic things were happening. Right. Um, but the tone was, it was all behind this really dull tone for me. And yeah. even though there's a dual narrative going on, I still found it kind of A, B, C with the dots being put really close together. Right. So it didn't ever really hook me or pull me in. It was kind of a book I did have to make a conscious effort to pick up and continue right. to continue well, the story. Like I said, it had promise, but like some of these other ones we've read in the past, it, it could have had, you know, been a much better book, book with just certain, you know, things. And I definitely think... It gets a huge, I mean, I might have given it a B minus if it weren't for how anticlimactic that opening, how misleading the right. opening letter is. I mean, right. we needed, even if Dorothy wasn't going to prove to be a bad person, like ha having right. done something really awful, right. but we needed there to be something more to right. the how she comes to raise Nina's baby. Like maybe right. she tricks Nina or right. something of that nature to make Jan's reaction sensical. Yeah, something more dramatic to yeah to make that to scene. make him make sense because otherwise, why would he be telling her her soul won't recover from I taking know. a baby that the mother is giving her? <laughs> it just didn't make yeah, any sense. Be, be, like I said, if she fooled her or took the yeah. baby off right away, you know, and everything. If that... she had done, you know, something, even if we can still. Even if it's complex and she's not, right. you know, just a bad person, but even if she just made a decision out of her desperation to be a mom. Right, right. And and that happens all the time. That happens, yeah. All, all the time, even nowadays, people are so desperate and sort of still kind of half crazed about losing a baby. They'll, they'll do just, you know, horrible things. Things or just make a bad choice that affects right. Nina's life and the child's life. So, yeah, the author didn't seem to want to go there. With the character, right. but right. the letter shouldn't have said what it said. So, then it's so harsh. It shouldn't have been that harsh because there right. was nothing there that warranted him telling her her soul right. won't recover and right. he can't yeah. forgive her. And you know, it, it really made it seem like she had done something really bad. Right. <laughs> that that would be my final thought. As far as the other members of the group, I don't think we've heard from anyone. Else. Well, we've heard from a few. I think Kim gave it a C. Right. I saw and. Cheryl gave it a B minus. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if there's anyone else who had finished yet and given it a grade. But we're starting our discussion today, and I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody else thinks about all this stuff. Yes, yes, that'll be interesting to see. All right, so that concludes our discussion of Mrs. Sinclair's Suitcase by Louise Walters. I want to thank our listeners, as always, for tuning in. And leave us your comments below if you've read this. Let us know what you think. And stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be discussing Revenge of the Middle-Aged Woman by Elizabeth Buchan. See you next time. Bye. Bye.